Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, that pour out my spirit, saying, Lord. thankful for that, that in the last days he is pouring out his spirit, and you can certainly be filled with the spirit of God. Hey, this is Pastor Bob. You are tuning in to the July 10th, 2022 version of the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. Um, 
just uh, if you're a praying person, pray for me for this program. Just just got some tough stuff going on here, but anyway, things are going good as far as our church. We're we're uh, seeing revival. Had new visitors there today. Excited about that. And you can come and visit us. 501 Elks Drive is our church address. Now, this week, we will not be having our Wednesday night service because many of us will be at our church camp up north of Harvey. And also, we're having our church parking lot redone, resealed, and cracks filled in, and new stripes. So, put the word out that nobody uh, hang out in our church parking lot this week. We've got a company coming to do that, and so... And then we'll also, many of us will be gone at our church camp. And we've got some great preachers there. We've got Bible teacher Steve Waldron. And the uh, evening speaker is um, Brother Connor from Tucson, Arizona. So we've got some great preaching we're looking forward to at our church camp. Many people in our church have already went up there. My wife and I will be coming later. We've got people texting me already tonight in the program which you can do, 701-290-7862. Brother Griffith, Brother Johnson, he's in Bernardo, New Mexico tonight. We've got Sister Bretz, uh, Brother Fuller, Yvonne and Marin texting us. I think I just saw Tim from North Carolina texting us. Good to have all of you listening tonight. Uh, you can... Certainly be part of the program, 701-290-7862. And you can also email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And we do our broadcasting live on an AM radio station, kind of an oldies rock and roll radio station. That's the station we chose to broadcast on. I, I just, the whole, this whole program is about outreach. We didn't necessarily want to be on a Christian radio station, so we're just hoping to catch people that, would not listen to this type of venue, and we've been doing this for 21 years now, is that right? 21 years on KDIX AM. We used to be on Saturday nights. program used to be an hour and a half long, and we cut it back to an hour. I appreciate how they've worked with us here over the years at the studio, and um, great, great group of people to work with, and great equipment that they have here, and a great listenership. So it is a local... Dickinson's very own radio station with local weather and um, and just good news and so on. So glad to be on this program. Just I never give them a plug. but And you can also be listening because they have broadcast on the Internet, so KDIX.net or Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And uh, it's good to work with the team at Holy Ghost Radio. Well, I was just kind of giving a little information. Uh, our next service will be next Sunday. 501 Elks Drive, Sunday School at 10, worship service at 11, because Wednesday night, this Wednesday, we never canceled church. We didn't cancel church for COVID. We only canceled church because of our church camp, and also we're having our parking lot redone. So, hey, there's somebody just texted me. Good to have Brother Dave Dickey listening from Sullivan, Missouri. And Good to have him tuning in tonight. They have moved to there to um, help in a church there and be with their oldest son and his family. So good good to hear you, Brother Dave. Or good to see you texting. Good to have you listening tonight. Well, let me get into uh, the Scripture, and this will be kind of a, 
I suppose you could say, kind of a traditional radio, tell it like it is radio show, just in the sense that this is a topic that I certainly touch on a lot. I want to turn your attention to John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus is teaching here. He said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love, if you have love one to another. And I want to talk about this tonight, and it may, the direction of the program possibly might surprise you, because you may be thinking one thing and we might be going a different direction. I, growing up, uh, I wasn't really a, a Christian person. I was not a Bible-believing person. I, I really was kind of mixed up religiously, or maybe I could just say not, maybe just godless. I, I did believe in prayer. I prayed, but I didn't know what the truth was. And there were some highlights of my young life, um, spiritually, I would suppose, and where I, I think maybe God was trying to reach me. I One, one of those is, is a, I went to a camp, and my mom had me go to a, the, a Wesleyan camp. What was that called now? Um, oh, my mom knows, and I, I just had it here earlier. Um, this this Wesleyan camp, uh, Wesley Acres, that's what it was called. Somewhere north of Valley City. I was probably 10 or 11 years old when I went there. And the reason I'm telling that story is I really didn't know much about God at that time. Um, the... Um, but I did learn a song during that camp, and this morning I woke up with the tune of that song in my head. And the song was written by a Catholic priest in the 60s, and it, it said says they will know we are Christians by our love. By our love, they will know we are Christians by our love. And I'm sure that it was taken from these verses in John chapter 13. Jesus said that all men... By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now Jesus told them, in verse 34 of John 13, that you need to love each other the way that I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. So my question tonight is, how did Jesus love his disciples? Did he... uh, give them prosperity and wealth? Did he give them money and help them become rich? Was he hugging them all the time and telling them, I really love you? I I don't believe that. I'm, I'm sure that Jesus was possibly affectionate and so on. Or, or was Jesus just accepting of everything they did? Like, like whatever they did, he was like, you know, that a boy, you know, good job, buddy. Um, I love you, and as far as I'm concerned, you can't do any wrong. Well, none of those are the correct answer, probably. How did Jesus love his disciples, and he told us to love each other the same way? I think it's important that we know this, because I think the religious world and maybe the non-religious world is really mixed up about what it is to be a believer in Jesus, to be a true disciple. I think 
much of this world thinks that a, a somebody like Pastor Bob who talks about sin and talks about things that displease God, they probably think that I'm a hateful person. I'm sure that I've been accused of that. His program is full of hate. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk tonight about what it means to truly love people the way Jesus loves us. Number one, we notice that Jesus gave himself for his disciples. And we'll probably touch on that tonight, because that's a big part of it. And not at the time of this writing had he died yet, but he was giving himself for his disciples. He he did not come to be served, but he came to be a servant. Jesus was not selfish, and certainly loving others <coughs> means that we're not selfish. We put other people's needs above our own. And I'm not going to focus on that tonight, even though it's extremely important, but I think everybody knows that. But how else did Jesus love his disciples? If you're listening, 701-290-7862. Maybe you can guess what I'm going to say. How, how else did Jesus love his disciples? Was he, like I say, was he just oblivious if they did something wrong, he just accepted them as who they were. You know, Judas, the Bible said, was a thief. And uh, eventually, of course, he was became a traitor, turned Jesus in. Well, the Jesus, Jesus was like, well, that's okay, Judas, no problem. You know, I love you, and we'll just call her good. No, that's not how it is. Jesus, the second way that Jesus loved his disciples after giving himself for them, is that he taught them. Jesus loved his disciples by teaching them to succeed with God. And so, to me, we love people by teaching them to succeed with God. That's how we love people. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, the grace of God teaches us some things, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. See, in this verses it shows that Jesus gave himself for us, and the grace of God teaches us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good work. We love, we need to love people the way Jesus did, and the way Jesus loved people is he taught them. Matthew twenty eight nineteen, Jesus' command, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. Notice there's a name that's being asked here. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Of course, we understand, and the, and the apostles understood that that name is Jesus because they baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why when these churches are baptizing people saying, we baptize thee in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, they think they're obeying what the Bible says, but on just even a light study of it, you'll realize that they're missing the point. Anyway, that's not my topic tonight. But you better be baptized in the name of Jesus if you want to do it the Bible way. 
So Jesus said, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so Jesus' command twice in these verses says that we need to teach. Now, I said it to start with, and I'm going to say it again. Many rocks are thrown at Christianity, or at least the version of Christianity that I am. Because they say there's not enough love for people. And I believe that we need to be challenged by this if we're not being good to people and we're being selfish and we're not giving ourselves for others. I think we really need to be challenged by this. But my question tonight is, how do we love people? Is it by accepting what they do? Like, for instance, if the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a sin, which it does, and it's not some version of the Bible I wrote, it's, it teaches that homosexuality is a sin. Is it hateful for me to say that homosexuality is a sin? Is that hateful? Or is it full of love? If you were on the wrong side of God about something, would you want to know? Would you want somebody to tell you? Like in Dickinson, there are people that might not be living the homosexual lifestyle, and they think maybe they're looking their nose down on those that are. But maybe they're shacking up with their girlfriend, not being married, being immoral. Do they think they are right with God because they're not homosexual? Can I talk about things like this on the radio, or am I considered hateful? See, I'm telling you tonight that it's the love of God <coughs> that teaches us. Well, we've got to, we don't have, Pastor Bob doesn't have any enemies. I, uh, I love everybody. Well, I don't care how you're living in this town. We'd love to have you come and visit our church. Uh, we want to help you. We want to teach you the things that please God. Uh, this song says something about that.
Pastor Bob, tell it like it is show. I don't have any enemies, but there are people that are prisoners of my enemy, who is Satan. Thanks for all the texts tonight, all the people listening. We've got uh, quite a few that have tuned in. Hey, just Brother Jones just texted. So good to have. We've got all kinds of onboard theologians tonight. You know, we're talking about real love teaches. Real love teaches. Second Timothy 2.24, it says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Certainly one of my favorite scriptures, when people, people say, well, I don't want to go to a uh, church because there's too many hypocrites. Well, the Bible says that if there are people coming to church that are fighting against their own good, that we're not supposed to throw them out. We're supposed to help them. By what? By teaching. How do you help people recover from the snare of the devil? Not by ignoring them, not by getting angry with them, not by accepting what they're doing and just saying, well, oh, well, you know, I guess that that's what you want to do. No, the Bible says we instruct people. that oppose themselves. And that's not being hateful. That's the opposite of hateful. People that can watch you go bad or see you going down the wrong road without trying to teach you, those people don't love you. Churches that don't teach people the ways of God, the commandments of God, the things that please God, um, they're not churches that love people. You know, um, you know, certain there are, you know, just like preachers, there are good doctors and bad doctors. There are some doctors that probably don't care. You go in and tell them, you know, you hurt, and they give you a pain pill. I think there are other doctors that try to figure out what's wrong with you. You know, there are doctors that will tell you you might be going in and maybe your hips are going bad and. Or maybe your knees are going bad and you need a knee replacement or hip hip surgery. And they'll say, actually, um, we'll do that surgery, but you need to lose some weight. Now, that's pretty tough. But somebody needs to tell us, teach us, you know, if we're doing something wrong, you know, we've got to, to learn from it. You know... To me, there's way too much accepting things that are wrong. You know, like, like, uh, you know, just wanting to uh, patronize people or like even in our school systems, which America really is not doing well in, in a public school systems. Really, they're not. I mean, even on a worldwide scale that our testing is not real good. And part of it's because we're afraid to tell people that they're not doing good. We might damage their self-esteem. Well, what good does self-esteem do you if you don't have any self-discipline? What good does self-esteem do you if you're going the wrong direction and you feel even better about it? Maybe you should feel bad about going the wrong direction. But when we try to encourage people's self-esteem and they're going the wrong direction, I think that's really damaging, isn't it? 
See, that's why it hurts my feelings when people say that people like Pastor Bob and even the name of the program tell it like it is when they say it's hateful. You're hateful because you say something's wrong. Well, first of all, I try to limit what I believe is right or wrong to the Bible. So if you're going to get mad at anybody, try to not get mad at the messenger, but maybe get mad at God instead, because he's the one that told us all this stuff. You know, there is, I mean, isn't it a breath of fresh air to, to hear somebody tell the truth, what God really expects? I mean, isn't it enjoyable? Isn't it nice to where somebody's got the courage to say, uh, that's wrong. Christians shouldn't be part of that or this. You know, the the um, real love for people gently teaches them. And yes, we do love people by giving of ourselves. That's not my topic tonight, but I don't want to ignore it. But also, if we are not teaching and warning people... We are not loving people. Colossians 1, 27 and 28, which is really breaking in on a whole bunch of Scripture here, but it says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit here. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You see, the goal here is warning and teaching so that people can get better. <coughs> you know, um, and that's why some of the little cliches or, or uh, slogans that I use on this program that I've said for years and I like saying them. I, I want to say them. I want you to remember me by these if I pass away. I'd like to be remembered by things that I say often. And one of them is this. This program is not to make you feel good about yourself. That's not my intention. That's not my desire. If you're tuning in because you want to start feeling good about yourself, I'm not going to to guarantee that this program will do this. This program is about becoming good. Because once you become good, you're going to start to feel good. Once you start, once you become good, which with God's power you can do, if, and some people don't even believe that. They don't think you could ever become good. Well, I believe you can. Once you become good, you'll start to feel good about yourself because you're doing good things. How could I make you feel good when you're not doing good when it comes to God? And my, I have no desire to do that. So this radio show tonight, Real Love Teaches. Real Love Teaches. And if nobody's being taught, then there's not love there. You know, there's a song, we are having revival today, people are living in a better way, trusting Jesus every day, he will always make a way, we are having revival today. And 
people are living in a better way. That's what this is all about. Text me, 701-290-7862. I've got a few texts trickling in, but um seems like it's getting quieter out there. So are you still out there? Preacher man, preacher man, don't tell me no lies. That believe in your saved junk which comes televised. That fable may make money to the fornicating Jimmy, but the message of salvation is the one that you should give me. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. I was saved when I ate the dough God host. But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost. They said that I could get it with a tap on the head. But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Don't tell me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only cooped my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick. That now I want to puke it And I'm sorry my friend if that offends your hermeneutic Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell so tell it like it is Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell so tell it like it is Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell so tell it like it is Tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. It Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, that's what this shows. That song, we kind of named it after that. Good to have you with us here tonight. We are broadcasting live, and I don't have anybody in the studio helping me. That's why the dead time. I'm trying to line other things up, and uh, and I just can't can't do it. There we go. I got it. The um, brother Paul Luna listening tonight. Um, got some encouragement coming in over my the texting. Thank you. We're talking about true love teaches. When Jesus said, love each other the way I have loved you, one of the things that Jesus did to love us is to teach us. Yes, he accepts us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. How's that? Is that pretty good? What do the online theologians think about that? He accepts us. There's a starting point when we come to God in repentance, but... He, do, he loves us too much for us to stay that way, and so that's where good Bible teaching comes in. 
Now, I know that there are Old Testament prophecies, and even in the New Testament it talks about, in that day no man shall teach you, because like in John it talks about it, and in Old Testament it talks about it. But I also know that there are plenty of scriptures that talk about teaching, and I've just read some of them. And so, um, you know, I think we have to find the balance there. I think being filled with the Spirit makes the ground fertile for us to receive good Bible teaching, and that's why the Bible says to go and teach all nations. Well, teach them what? Uh, Well, number one, I suppose you should teach them how to be saved, how to be right with God. (coughs) Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't be a very loving person if I wouldn't tell people how to get right with God and go to heaven. Now, if there's another way to get right with God and go to heaven besides that, I don't know it. I'm going to tell you what what the church that Jesus set up in the book of Acts, that's what he said to do. Repent, that means to ask God for forgiveness, turn away from your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus, that means to be dunked under the water completely as a person that's already repented and given their life to the Lord. So you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. I love you. So I had to tell you that. You see, you know, it's kind of like the Old Testament prophet said, it's like, I wasn't going to say another word because people were getting mad at me, but he said it was like fire shut up in my bones. The Apostle Paul said it this way, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? This churches that do not teach God's plan of salvation and tell people what God expects on how to live, can you say they truly love people because maybe they're doing a few other things like feeding the homeless or so on, which I think is a good thing. You know, giving ourselves to help people, you're not going get to get away from that around me because I believe in that. I, I believe we should do that. But that's not the only way that Jesus loved people. I mean, when the woman was caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus showed his love to her by forgiving her, didn't he? But he also showed his love to her by saying, go and sin no more. In other words, don't do this anymore. That's also the love of God. Now, many people would think that Jeremiah in the Old Testament, was not a very loving prophet because he seemed like a doomsday prophet. Um, You know, nowadays, if somebody like Jeremiah would walk around, we'd think that he was some kind of doomsday kook, you know. Uh, But I believe Jeremiah was the prophet, a prophet of love. Why do you think they called Jeremiah the weeping prophet? Because he hated these people? If he hated these people, wouldn't he be the laughing prophet? Saying, well, you got yourself into this too bad. Ha, ha, ha. He was the weeping prophet because he was trying to teach these people, but they wouldn't listen. 
Jeremiah thirteen fifteen says, Hear ye, give ear, be not proud, for the Lord hath spoken. I love that. Give glory to the Lord your God, because he before he caused darkness, and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains, and while you look for light, you turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. But if you will not hear it, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. In other words, I'm going to get alone and I'm just going to cry because you won't listen. And my eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Real love teaches people what they need to do. How would a person reject the love of God? By refusing to hear the love of God. By refusing to obey the the love of God, the teaching of God. That's how you would reject it. Rejecting the love of God is rejecting the teaching of God. And to truly love, when Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love one to another, he is including in that that we must teach each other. Jeremiah thirty two thirty three it says, And they have turned un- unto me the back and not the face, though I taught them, rising up early and instructing them. Yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. See, this is an important thing. I, I feel like just really trying to drive this home here tonight. Uh, this is so important that we understand this. That God has got great things for your life, but it's all tied into obeying God. I know I, I'm now sounding like a broken record because I talk about this a lot on this radio show. But God has got things. You know, I one of the saddest things I, I get sometimes I do get discouraged, and I'm not trying to be a whiner here, but what discourages me is when I see people walk away from God. That, that's very discouraging to me. Because they, if they die like that, they, they will never know the good things that God had in store for them. Uh, they won't know it. Now, there's no way I can prove that outside of what the Word of God says. Because, because um, if you walk away from God, I can never, you could, you'll never know what good things God had in store for you. So we're going to have to take God's word on this. Because we can't go back in time and start over again and see what would have happened if we would have done what was right. But God has got great plans and dreams for all of us. And we... Will we ever see what they were? Or will we ever know what they were? Or will we settle for... Like Esau did, he sold his birthright from one morsel of meat. I think back on people's lives that I know, and you know, people that I know that have not lived for God, and then especially the ones that have died <clears throat> from all kinds of different things. And I, I, I really do get sad because it's not like people weren't loving them. But they, it wouldn't take, they wouldn't do it, they wouldn't listen to it. And we will never know what their story could have been. There was a young man in my prison ministry, 
um, just just a few years ago, maybe two years ago, maybe three. Really liked the kid, nice young guy. He uh, he got a hold of of this truth while he was in jail, and uh, he got out of jail, started coming to church. He told me, "I want to be a minister. I want to impact the world." But he wasn't consistent in his walk with God, and he kept dabbling with his drinking and drugs. And one day, he mixed some type of drug and some some alcohol, and he never woke up, and he died. And this young man, just like I say, happened a few years ago. But the love of God is also trying to warn people. It's trying to help people. A verse that I was just teaching on here a couple went or I think last Wednesday, First Corinthians two and nine, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God has got some things prepared for us. But we have to listen. We've got to pay attention. You know, God, here again, God has things prepared, but if you don't love him, if you won't listen to him, if you won't wait for him, like Isaiah 64 and 4 says, that's where Paul got that scripture in 1 Corinthians. <coughs> we'll never know. You know, uh, God has amazing things prepared, like heaven, for instance. You know, it's beyond our vocabulary. It's beyond our understanding to know what heaven is. It can't be described with words that we can use. That's why when John was looking at the holy city, he said the streets were paved with pure gold as clear as glass. Well, what does that mean? Pure gold isn't as clear as glass. What was John trying to say? He didn't know what he was trying to say. He was trying to describe what heaven looked like using our vocabulary or his vocabulary, but there aren't words to describe it. And when we begin to teach and warn people, that's what we're trying to do is help them get to heaven. You know, there, there, are, there are so many great things that we can have living for God. For instance, miracles and power. You know, um, that the, there is power in God, the people of God in their prayers, there is power, fantastic, wild, unbelievable power. But if you walk away from God, you'll never know that. See, teaching is love. Because people are their own worst enemies. People think that living for Jesus is boring. People think that living for Jesus is uh, something that you're just do when you're old or sick. I didn't, like I say, I didn't put a lot of thought in church back when I was younger. But when I did go, I couldn't figure it out. I thought it was, like, boring. You see, uh, you know, I don't know if I can put a stop to it for the rest of my life, but Pastor Bob kind of resents when people say that I'm hateful because I preach against sin. Now, if I act hateful, 
you know, I don't hate sinners, but if I start acting like I do, then definitely reprimand me. See, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I'll try to be your friend. But I am going to tell you the truth. Because what kind of friend would I be if I didn't tell you the truth? Many years ago, there was a man working for me. His name was, I won't tell you what his name was. But he was working for me, and it was the first couple days at work, and he found out I was a minister. We were, I think, siding a house together. And he um, told me a story. He said, you won't believe this story, but I've got a friend that lives in Minnesota. And my friend and his girlfriend were going to this church in Minnesota, and they had been going for a while, and one day the pastor asked my friend, Eric, when are you, are you going to marry that girl that you're living with? And Eric was so offended by that that he and his girlfriend quit going to that church. And my the, my worker friend said, can you believe a pastor would do that? And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, what if living with somebody without the commitment of marriage would be a sin? And what if your friend Eric would have continued to do that and died and gone to hell? I said, what kind of pastor would it be that wouldn't ask him? And this man didn't know what to say. We've got... um, Brother Fuller talking about Ezekiel 33, talking about the watchman on the wall. If the watchman see the sword coming and blows not the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. You know, your true friends will tell you the truth. Brother Johnson texted me second or Zechariah seven eleven, but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. You this this um you know, all I'm trying to tell you is you've got to change your thinking about the churches that truly love people. The churches that truly love people aren't the ones that just accept everything and don't say anything. You know, um, like, for instance, drinking. I am against the drinking of alcohol. I believe the Bible is against it. I've done radio shows on it, and I'll probably do another one in the future because it's just, it's, uh, the Bible says that people that are deceived by strong drink, that they're not, I mean, they're, they're in trouble. But many churches, not only won't they tell you that, but the pastor will drink alongside of you. I have no business for that. I don't want to be involved with that. When you see how destructive alcohol is, if you're a believer in Jesus, you wouldn't want anything to do with that business. Even if you could handle your liquor. You wouldn't want to be that kind of example to others. You see, so why did I say that? Am I hateful? Do I hate 
people that drink? Do I hate drunkards? No. That has nothing to do with hate. It has something to do with teaching. You know, if you have ever had a family member that has succumbed to to alcoholism or drunkenness, like the Bible calls it, you know, I, you know, I, I, like I say, I, I don't. It may sound like I've got a vendetta against the alcohol business, and that's good because I do. I do. I do. I. It's. It's not something that a believer should partake of. The Old Testament priests were forbidden to drink while they were ministering. The Bible calls us the priests. The Bible said we're we're the priests today. So, but I'm not, the program's not about drinking, but it's simply about, so what church loves you? The church where the pastor sits down and drinks with you? Or the church where the pastor tells you, don't drink. If you're in leadership in this church, you can't drink. See, that's the loving church. You know, this um, this radio show tonight, Real Love Teaches. Real Love Teaches. You know, th- th- God has got so much good plans for you. He's, he's got so many good things in store for you. But it's all tied into whether you're obedient to God or not. Somebody's got to tell you that. Hey, Stephen and... and um, let's see, Stephen. Stephen and Ben Yoder, listening, on their way to the North Dakota camp. You guys are going, are you driving? That's a long drive. I'll hopefully see you up there. You know, um, we're, we're talking tonight about true love teaches. And and I, I just want you to know that it may sound... It may sound trite, it may sound clicky, cliche, I should say, when I say the tell-it-like-it-is radio show with Pastor Bob. You might think that I'm trying to be sensationalist, um, dramatic, make a big deal out of things. Uh, All of that's certainly probably true, but I'm going to tell you this, going to heaven versus going to hell is a big deal. Years ago, there was a man named David Wilkerson. He started a, a ministry in New York City amongst the drug addicts there. And this, this guy, <coughs> he did, <coughs> excuse me, he did a survey of all the drug addicts, prostitutes, pimps, um, you know, all the alcoholics, the winos. And he asked them in one word, back then there was this thing called the establishment. The establishment when in the 60s meant the schools, the churches, the government. They called it the establishment. The hippies were against the establishment. And they David Wilkerson asked in his little survey all these people, in one word, can you give me one word that describes the establishment? And the word that came back overwhelmingly and 
came back in several different words, but it the concept was they are cowards. They refused to tell us that we were wrong. They refused to tell us how to get right. You know, I, I'm, I, that's why true righteousness and true teaching of God's Word will bring the true revival that we're after. You know, uh, I mean, and, and that's why so much of this kind of mega church fake Christianity stuff, all they want is your money a lot of times. I, I, I hesitate to say it, but a, a lot of their discipleship programs is about tithing. I believe in tithing. But you know what? You can give God your money, and you still won't go to heaven. There's more to it than that. That's just one little thing. Now, I believe in tithing. I believe a person should give, and I've never, we've never asked for money on this radio show, and never will. But these mega churches, you know, they, they, they set up the family life centers and the coffee shops and the foosball tables and, 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 you know, they try to cater to the needs of everybody that's there. But what about the Bible teaching? What about Bible teaching on modesty and dress? What about Bible teaching on what we do for entertainment? Does it does our entertainment please God or not? Well, Pastor Bob better better quit. Um Tell It Like It Is show sponsored by the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota, five oh one Elks Drive. Our normal services are Wednesday at 7.30, Sunday mornings at 10. This Wednesday we will not be having church. That's just something that doesn't happen very much, but there are two reasons. One is that we're going to be at our camp meeting, and two, we're going to be having our parking lot uh, redone, so we are not having church services this Wednesday. We have a we have church in, in uh, Beach, North Dakota, at the brand-new building there on Main Street in Beach on the main drive. There next to the Family Dollar, they have Tuesday night services at 7.30, which I'm sure they won't be having this week because of camp, and then Wednesday or Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Also in Bowman, we have a church at 18 North Main. They have Wednesday night services at 7.30 and Sunday morning services at 10.30. And so we have a church in Beulah, Bismarck, Mandan, Williston, Newtown, Minot, all over this area we have churches that preach and believe the Acts 238 message, and we could certainly get you lined up with one if you're listening tonight. We've got um, James listening in Harvey, and uh, good, yeah, looking forward to seeing you at camp. We've got um, Brother Johnson texting again. Um, Yeah, he said, I want God to lift me up and not get down in the gutter with me. That's exactly right. That's good. So good to have everybody listening tonight. Um, there's just some reasons why my mind is a little scattered tonight, but um, hope that you got something out of this program. Lord Jesus, I pray for our listening audience. God, I pray that those that think that that people that teach your ways and teach how to be saved, teach what what you think is good and bad and, and righteous and evil, and some of these people think that 
that your servants are hateful. God, I, I pray that you help them realize that, that our best friends are those that lead us in the right way. And I pray that there are those tonight in our listening audience that will start walking in the right way. We just pray tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you folks. Um, it's important how we live. And um, Lord willing, next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time, we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is show.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.